This episode has been brought to you by CompleteNutra.com, whole family nutrition. Welcome to the Healthy and Family Show. Each episode features interviews with doctors, experts, and real moms revealing their secrets on how to keep you and your whole family holistically healthy. Your host is David A. Stone, award-winning movie producer, Amazon best-selling author, certified moringa grower, and founder of CompleteNutra.com, whole family nutrition, which is committed to providing the highest quality, science-backed, non-GMO, all-natural nutritional supplements to keep your whole family healthy. Here's David. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is David A. Stone, and welcome to the second episode of the Healthy and Family Show. If you're here, then you believe that the health and wellness of your family should be top priority, but maybe you're a little bit confused with all the conflicting health advice out there. So our goal with this show is to bring to you the experts, doctors, and real moms who have the secrets that you can implement to help you and your whole family become more holistically healthy. And I'm very excited to introduce to you the guest for today. Her name is Dr. Jessie Keener. She's been a naturopath physician for the last 30 years. She's an expert in herbology, in homeopathy, in energy balancing. She's an expert nutritionist, and she's also an expert in integrative breath work. And she helped me develop a plan to where I can get personally healthy myself She's a world traveler. She actually helped me with CompleteNutra.com. If you go to the website, you can see her talking about each one of the nutritional supplements on the website. So if you have any questions about what we offer at CompleteNutra.com, Dr. Jesse is going to be the one that is going to explain all those awesome supplements that we have for you. So I'm really excited to bring her on the show because today I thought we were going to be talking about more about how to keep the immune system healthy, which is what we're going to be talking about on the next episode with her. But today went into some awesome areas, some places I didn't necessarily think our conversation was going to go today. And today we are going to be talking about holistic health on a massive scale, the global scale, what's really going on today with COVID-19 and how to stay healthy. And it might be some things that we talk about that you weren't even thinking about. So I really hope you get a lot of benefit out of this episode because we're gonna be talking about things like being versus doing. How do we define ourselves? We're gonna be talking about ways to physically stay healthy. We're also gonna be looking under the covers a little bit of politics and the COVID-19 crisis and how we can use this and benefit ourselves and change the way that we have been so stressed out our entire lives. So without further ado, I want to introduce to you Dr. Jesse Keener. I feel like we're in really good shape here. Like we're on a horse pond, for God's sake. It's perfectly safe and gorgeous and spring is hitting it and yay. Yeah, you've been traveling for a while. <laughs> I mean, you, you kind a of- A long you were, time. You were in, well, the crazy thing is that this whole COVID thing has only been going on for like a couple of weeks, but the world has literally already somehow changed. Right. And you were overseas, you were in Mexico or Playa de, or Cozumel. Where were We were you? in Cozumel, yeah. Literally Cozumel. And um, when we left, they hadn't had any incidences. So they knew what was coming and they weren't happy about it, but- you know, what are you going to do? Everyone was just playing big boy, big girl, and we're just going to suck it up and hopefully we survive this. They, they knew it was going to be bad. 
Cozumel had an experience, I think maybe like 10 or 12 years ago, where some kind of flu, maybe it was the H1N1 happened, and um, the island had to shut down for 30 days. So at least they have a historical precedence of this. Oh. But yeah. But when we left, nobody, there was no cases, which is good. Yeah, this is a fascinating time we're living in. I, I don't really know what Very. to make of it. And I don't know a lot of people know what to make of it. I think there's a lot of anxiety and maybe stress running around rampant right now, especially because yeah. I think. Yeah. And, and also the crazy thing is, I think this is just the beginning of a tidal wave. So I think there's a whole bunch of people that are losing their jobs and just things are changing. Things have changed, but we don't even know how they've changed yet. I mean, handshake right. is pretty much gone. <laughs> gone. I know. It's gone. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's fascinating. But so, you know, uh, I think this is going to have, like, like, I'm hoping that a lot of what we've been following with the Q movement is actually what's happening behind the scenes. Oh, my gosh. And I that hope we, so. <laughs> that we can just have wave after wave of breakthrough for people because um, humans really need contact. People need touch, you know, and and to say we're not going to hug, we're not going to shake hands, we're not going to. We're not going to exchange ourselves that way long term. I don't think that's going to bode well for a bunch of people. Uh -huh. So I'm hoping that this is this is a giant disruption that we can learn a ton from and that some fundamental changes will be happening in our society and hence our culture. You know, because, uh, you know, I, I think I've shared with you, I don't like Mr. Trump that much as a person. Like I wouldn't invite him to my birthday party because yeah. I don't think he'd be fun. He'd be <laughs> but talking I like about a himself lot of what he's doing. Time. Yeah, yeah. I like a lot of what he's doing. And, and right. I get that. There's a lot of spiritual teachers out there that are really talking about themselves a whole lot too. So I've seen that in more of my field. But what I do like is what he and his team are doing right now. Uh, but I profoundly disagree uh, when he says things like, you know, no one could see this coming. Mm. I'm like, uh, hello, I could see this coming. <laughs> are you kidding me? You know, let's start with the microwaving your food in the 70s. Let's add glyphosate. You know, it's 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 never really about the virus. It is always about the host. Mm. And even with these newer, slicker, because I really do think this COVID-19 was bioengineered, if not once, maybe twice, but for sure once. Um, Isn't that why they're calling then, it the novel coronavirus? Because it's new, it's a new version of it? Yeah, it's a new version of it. And it's the 19th version of corona that they've found. That seems so fishy. To me. Oh, it's all fishy. <laughs> but but I think I think the you know the real mind wipe that's happened to this culture uh, from my perspective is around how the AMA is the answer. That that's a real mind wipe. That's a real problem when it wasn't evolved to stop arrest or transform disease processes. It wasn't evolved to there was nothing about the evolution of that that said, "Hey, these bodies are going to need really awesome help. Let's make sure we have the best skills." You know, no, it's a system of greed. The whole thing was founded on greed. So just like the central banks and our Fed are all greed-based systems, I think part of what we're learning from this is that a, um, you know, a, a reactive management system in medicine is lethal because the average person doesn't even know how far off the track they are now. They've been so brainwashed and so, you know, they've been fed this pablum of it's okay to eat what tastes good. It's just like the list just goes on and on and on for me. So it, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, I'm not going to get really attached to it because I, I don't want to suffer if it doesn't happen, but I'm hoping this will be a giant wake up for a lot more people yeah. and they will be like really wanting to take supplements and really wanting to know how this stuff works and really wanting to the smart ones, because not everyone's going to do that, but the smart ones are going to actually want to take responsibility. Right. You know? 
<laughs> well, I think this is a, a global a pattern interrupt. We, we've, we've globally totally. patterned interrupted totally. everybody. That's actually the craziest part about all this. It's not just the U.S. This is like right. biblical proportions, literally. I it mean, is biblical. Yeah, it is. It is ethically biblical. No question. So, yeah, um, so weird. So what is uh, so this whole show is about holistic health. And I think that actually this the state of affairs is a holistic uh problem <laughs> and then crisis. we need holistic it's a, crisis. a holistic crisis and we need a holistic solution because mm -hmm. what you're saying you're you're saying there's so many elements to this that actually affect health it, and i think that whether or not it's the financial system can affect health because if people can't oh, pay does. their bills like they you know so the the, the holistic yeah. side of all of this i think there's and it feels very I, I don't know. I, honestly, I mean, we can go conspiracy theory on all this, but it feels agenda based in a lot of ways, especially yes. since there's no testing. There's no tests right. available. And if you, if you wanted to take a test, you have to be exhibiting all these symptoms in order for them to even give you a test. I'm, I'm just yeah. I don't know that I trust it. But so all that being said, what are some actionable things that you can uh, maybe help to say if people could do a a couple things that maybe could uh, keep them healthy or ease their mind or is there anything you could think of right now that, that people could just, most people could do? Uh, well, that, that's usually the challenge, Dave, because first of all, it takes an attitudinal shift before you can really address the action steps or the list of what do I do. If there were only three things to do, then I'd be out of a job. Right, so there, no, that's a good many, point. There, Many, many things to do. I think I think if we're talking about not catching a Corona-19, the things to do are to make sure that your, your interior of your home environment isn't dry. And there's a lot of winter still going on in the United States of America and other parts of the world. So forced heat drops the humidity in the room. That's what causes our mucous membranes to become very, very stressed, which is how the virus gets in in the first place, according to the science out there of how do we catch this wait, it's wait, coming so, in so, through mucous membranes so keeping it moist for, keeping it moist is good or yeah no? it yes. is good no it's good oh. yeah because if you if you keep your mucous membranes happy it's not going to be a good receptor site for the virus to start the, the virus wants to start through our mucous membranes that's oh. how it starts got it so okay. if we don't have a good entry for it and I was thinking about this last night. I will not turn on heat. Like to sleep at night, I won't turn on heat if I can help it. We've had it down to 37 and 35 and we didn't run heat because I don't want to dry out my, my stuff. Oh. When I'm living in a country or a part of this country where there's real winter, like in Austin, we have real winter. It's sporadic, but it's real. I run humidifiers the entire time that the heat is either going to come on or has been on. We just leave humidifiers on oh. all the time. And then we have one of those gauges. And, and I was told probably 25 years ago, never let it get below 35%, like whatever you're doing. I personally feel more comfortable around 45 to 50% as oh, long as wow. the air is moving and it's not hot, hot. Yeah. So, so simple things like that, like really understanding, you know, what makes a body a good host for a coronavirus and then doing the opposite of it. 
Likewise, staying super hydrated, sipping water throughout the day, again, so those mucous membranes don't become too dry. Those are very simple things people can do. Hmm. And, you know, caveat there is sipping Coca-Cola or sipping orange juice is not the same as sipping high-quality water as far as restoring the hydration to the tissue. So, you know, there are simple things people can do, but it's, you know, how do you really, really stay away from a coronavirus? Well, there's more than that, but that would be a good place to start. It's okay, I'm going to fundamentally change the environment of my mucous membrane so Mm. it doesn't like me. Yeah. I think environment has a lot to do with it. So I I haven't heard that about the mucous membrane. That's interesting because what I've been hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the the heat is supposed to be, some people are saying that the heat is a good thing. Like uh, the virus can't live in the heat or something like that. And, and as the, as the yeah. summers come on, the virus will probably kind of go away for the summer, but it might come back. They're saying in the fall or so, I, I'm not sure. Is that it, what, what do you think about that? People are saying? I think that's an erroneous interpretation of something mm. that is real. And what is real is it doesn't like sunlight and it doesn't like hot sun and it doesn't want us sitting outside in sunlight for very long before it just doesn't like us. Got it. So it's not it's not heat per se. And this is this is what we do in our culture. We get a little information and then we just kind of embed it in something that's not real. Sunlight is real. At the turn of the 1800s into the 1900s, it was a well-known practice to set up hospital beds outside for their tuberculosis patients in the oh. summer. Mm. Cures were given to patients that had congestion, respiratory illnesses, TB, whatever. Go to the ocean, Mr. Stone. I want you and your family to go to the ocean for the entire summer. Get out there every day, sit in the sun, get the fresh sea air. Or go to the mountains, Mr. Stone, with your family and sit there and get... So So we've known about these holistic things we can do forever. Just want to say out loud that the AMA made sure all of that was eradicated from from common sense. You know, Mm. the average person has no idea. In fact, the average person would say, if I have a virus, I probably shouldn't go outside. But then again, what does sunlight do? Dave, it activates our vitamin D, right? Yeah, absolutely. So if we're getting lots of vitamin D, that's supporting our immunity. Therefore, we're not a good host for that virus. So it's, it's a holistic medicine really looks at the distinction between the power of the germ, which is kind of where all our culture is right now, is a very powerful germ, versus the power of the host. So if the host is truly set up properly, it won't host that germ. Or that germ will pass through, you know, innocuously, no big deal, because the strength of the host dictated that. Mm. So what we've done in the last hundred years is literally decimated the health of the bodies while developing more virulent germs. So it's a perfect one-two punch if you really want to get rid of a bunch of bodies. <laughs> right. So I think the, so. What you're saying is we got to keep our immune system strong. And uh, we got to keep a, our bodies strong. You know, so that means strong. everything from from the mucous membrane. Is your mucous membrane part of your immune system? A lot of people wouldn't get that it is, but it is. It is. It's a line of defense. If your nasal passages are all dry from breathing forced hot air all night long and there's virus in your environment, you know, that's when you're, you're going to get it. That's, that's when you're going to be in so trouble. Weird so I, it's about I've, keeping the body strong. I heard a, a, a yeah, there was this whole a ter- people going around. There's a lot of weird information that's coming around because someone said that you can cure there's uh, the coronavirus by taking a blow dryer and blowing it in your mouth, like hot air will like through your respiratory system or sitting in a sauna. So I don't know that that's yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're uh-huh. saying the heat would take it out. But um, but that would actually dry out your mucous membrane. 
Yeah, so you're way better drinking hot, you know, echinacea tea with lemon mm. and actually breathing some of the vapors and sniffing some of it. Ah. You're way better doing warm lemon to alkalize the pH, right? Because we know we know that pathogens love the acid pH. So one thing that I know from my, my decades in this field is you get a body stressed, they immediately turn acidic. You, you get them plugged into news and they're, oh my God, it's everywhere. I'm going to lose my job. Yeah. They're acidic, for sure. And that's so, really you know, happening When we talk right about now. making the body strong, it's a strong pH cycle is required mm. to defend, to, to stay, you know, to stay uh, unhospitable, inhospitable to these kinds of things. Yeah, I so, think yeah, we forget it's, about There's the, a lot that we can do. I, for, I think we forget about the effect that stress can literally have on our physiology. Just stress. I mean, stress overall. People are just so used to living in stress. And I think that's what's one of the maybe, hopefully we can use this as a positive pattern interrupt for the whole world, is to re right. recalibrate the busyness. Uh, us just running around blindly doing everything we're supposed to do. And now we can hopefully... Uh, globally recalibrate and maybe one of the things I'm hoping that will come out of this we're going to see over the next year and a half is if there's a big tidal wave of jobs lost and all this other stuff we might actually enter I hope a, a, a an artistic almost revolution because if people have to start figuring out what do they really want again and they're staying home I know that even Shakespeare wrote one of his plays during the plague when he was quarantined. So if we, it's like if we have to stay home, we're going to be reevaluating. Maybe we're even going to get more sleep. We're going to spend more time with our family. I mean, this might turn out in one sense positive if we can look at it that way. But there really is a ton of anxiety and stress from anybody that I talk to that watches the news, which is basically most people right now. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a serious issue, and you know, there's there's a lot to that. You can you can go down a lot of rabbit holes with that one. Uh, mindset is definitely a huge influence on our well-being. There's no question about that. So, yeah. you know, a, a a more positive or neutral mindset is way better than most of what's going on. And I see it in social media. People are just like attacking each other. They're like rabid dogs, just going for the jugular with their words and the obscenities. And I'm like, wow, what was that all about? <laughs> oh goodness. So, um, you know, mindset uh, is going to influence a lot. And, you know, we, we are currently in a few hundred year old experiment, literally, when you think about it. So we've had, you know, homo sapiens, what, no matter what your origin story really is, uh, and it doesn't actually matter. Everyone can pretty much agree. Yes, we know for a fact there were hunting gathering tribes on the planet's surface. Right. And if we look at what were the fundamentals of their lifestyle, the only stress they had was short-lived. Either they died from the stressor, which could be an attacking tribe or an animal, or they fought and won and then went back to their hunting and their gathering. So they never had prolonged stress. That just never existed. And if it did exist, they didn't survive and they were out of the gene pool and we are not their descendants. So we have to really think about this. Like, how did we actually evolve? Wow. So this is key. So men had a 23-hour work week. <laughs> Women had a 24-hour work week. <laughs> Sounds good for most people. I think, you know, what's funny is the stores now, they're closing at like 7 p.m. It's like we're turning in almost right now immediately to like Europe hours. I remember when I went to Europe, they were uh, 
it was France. They were closed for lunch, like all the stores. Yep. They were closed yep. at like six or seven p.m. So at, yeah, right now that's exactly what's happening. I tried to go to Home Depot last night at six thirty p.m. and they were closed at six. And I'm like, yep, we just got to figure out. It's it's. I think it's making everybody slow down for a second. It is. It is. It's you know when you disrupt patterns. There's a huge opportunity uh, and that's going to, you know, each individual is going to either seize the opportunity with that and go, okay, now that this pattern had to stop, you know, what do I want? Who am I? Why am I really here? And and they're going to take a more mature position with that. The people that just, that's just not their mindset. They don't see the word crisis containing the word opportunity. You know, we, we know that a crisis is always an opportunity. Think about it. Any crisis yeah. that any one of us has ever had, it's an opportunity. Yeah. So the ones that see the opportunity and then seize the day with that are going to be the new leaders of the new world we're creating. And if it takes two years, that's fine. If it takes three or four, that's fine, too, because the the actual leadership will be coming from the right place, from an integration, from a holism that we've been severely lacking for yeah, a couple hundred years We're going to need to bring it. Whoever wants to actually help people and serve the world right now, it's up to us to start doing it because the 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 yeah. thing there's a chain i really hope all this q stuff is real and like they're really taking out the bad guys because that feels like if that happens that would be a changing of guards um yes <laughs> and yes I, no for real yeah i mean who knows i i i i have a i i always i take everything with a grain of salt because all this stuff that it sounds great it's just hard for me to process and believe that this is an operation of some sort because it's a global thing. Um, I, I hope it really is. Well, I think they're, what they're doing, I think, I think that this, this virus was the deep state's kind of last hurrah. So this, this, this is not Trump's doing, this virus. This virus was a deep state sort of final play going into the spring and summer to decimate people and get Trump off the stage <laughs> and, and just kind of put the kibosh on the whole Trump machinery. Uh, and my intuition is that when Trump and his elite team saw what was coming, they figured out how to turn it around. And so that's when they said, well, you know, we've been preparing for a moment. We thought we might have to create the moment ourselves, but given that the moment's here and it's happening now we can do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, so, so that's, that's that part of it. Will we ever know what really happened? Probably not. Well, Probably if not. Trump had anything to do with it, he's such a narcissist that he'll just, he'll just tell us, this is what I did for you guys. After it's done, yeah. I'm sure he'll say, I did this, After I did done. this. Yeah. He'll write yeah. a book about he will. what he no, did. He will. No, yeah, that's right. That's right. He will over and over. Yeah. And we'll be, and we'll be grateful. We'll be really grateful. Exactly. You know, I mean, sometimes, you know what we need in one sense is we need a wolf. We need a savage to fight the savages. We need a savage on the really, good side. We need, a, we need a wolf. And that's what I think Trump is. He's a wolf. And he, is. he, he will he will not back down. When he gets a bite in something, he's going to shake it until it's like dead. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Know? Yeah, no, he's serious about this. <laughs> so I think in one sense it's good because, uh, you know, just from my little taste in the movie industry, I'm like this little naive lamb like trying to make these movies in the – in the movie industry, I used to always have these dreams, these recurring dreams as a kid of me walking 
uh, with giants. I was literally trying to climb these steps that were bigger than me. I would have to jump to grab the top of the step and I'd climb up the step and there was these giants walking down the steps, just one step at a time. And I'm like climbing each step. I never, I just recently remembered that dream that I had recurring as a kid. And I was going, I was climbing up these giant steps. But I think in one sense that could have been my career in the movie industry because I had no idea I wasn't supposed to be there, that nobody wanted me there. Like nobody even wants anybody to win. Like when you're trying to break into, especially the movie industry, nobody wants you there. They want to eat you. (laughs) They want to destroy you. And so my naivety allowed me to move forward. But that's what I like about Trump. He's not naive. He's, He's aware and all the stuff he does, what, the stuff that people make fun of him for, I, I think sometimes some of them are tactics. Like he's, yeah, oh for he's sure, he's extremely tactical <laughs> in the way he speaks. And look, ninety uh, percent of what he says is code. So so literally ninety mm. percent of what comes out of his mouth has a dual meaning. And if he ever repeats anything, guaranteed it's code. So. You know, and I, I don't know where these people come from, but they are they are now just spending full time interpreting the codes of what he's saying. Yeah. And um, so not only is he not backing down, he's freaking taking territory left and right. And, it, you know, I think it's going to be a lot better for some things to get revealed while people are self-quarantining and while they're not gathering in groups. Uh, this is going to be really hard for people to take what's going to get revealed. So I think they I think they're just. They're going to use this virus as long as they need to. And when they don't need to, it'll be time to reveal some things. And then after they reveal those things, they can reveal some more things. And, you know, people people don't realize how many hundreds of thousands of children disappear every year in the United States of America. They're not just wandering off in the woods, getting lost and dying. Okay, (laughs) that's just not what's happening. So there's just it's going to be some really hard things for people to swallow. So I can I can see that they're very it's extremely high level chess and extremely strategic all the time. Yeah. yeah. And they've got to all be on their toes because if anything shifts slightly, they've got to land on their feet with how that thing just shifted. So it's it's fascinating. Yeah. Well, that's what I think about chess, too. I think about what's happening right now is actually uh, a, a, a 14th move that they had planned a couple exactly. years ago. Like we, we're not, we're not, li- they're not planning their moves right now, unless something happens that they weren't aware of and then they have to recalibrate. But these are moves that have been planned out like chess, the best chess players, what are they plan 20 moves ahead? I mean, that's what we're yeah. dealing with. And so whatever is happening in the media are moves that were planned probably most likely years ago. And and the yeah. media, we oh, have, I, think so. and I Q hope talked there's about a changing of ago. guards <laughs> because the media just oh, says the exact time. same thing. <laughs> well, Trump's been outing them left and right. It's, it's getting, what's interesting is it is getting more obvious to people who would never have seen it or understood it for what it was. I think every day, a few more people are waking up going, yeah, why isn't CNN investigating why Governor Cuomo held on to those masks and acted like he didn't have any? Or why... Like they they just want to attack Trump yeah. <laughs> instead of going and, and and he's actually I don't know if you watch any of his press conferences but he's actually been feeding them stuff like and if you were a good journalist you'd actually be investigating the situation that I just fixed and they're <laughs> like oh oh I I was told <laughs> yeah though the news isn't really it's like it's very selective as to what's getting shared right now it's completely controlled it's it's, it's owned by six companies and they're all in bed together and they all wanted Hillary as president and watch watch what happens next they're, they're going to put Hillary in as the vice president with Joe Biden that's what's going to happen 
then Joe is going to have a dementia attack of epic proportions. And are you ready? They're going to put Michelle Obama in with Hillary. That's their plan. And Trump knows all about it. So we'll just see what it's like. Let the fireworks begin. Whoa. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, that's the thing. Trump's a wolf. But you know what? His opposition is also they're both. Yes. It, it, they're you, like hyenas. Yes. Like little, you know, deadly, deadly will tear you apart bite by bite. But, you know, so, yeah, they're hyenas. Yeah. So they, they have a lot of force. They have a lot of uh, ability to just stay focused on their mission. If it wasn't such an evil mission, I'd have respect for that. Yeah, I know. It's like they're very committed to the mission and they're not backing down ever. They're ever. I mean, from no, the very no. moment Trump won till now. And, and, and it's a little curious to me that this is an election year as well. I mean, that, that just feels feels planned. Oh, of course. <laughs> and, totally and what planned. are we, 19 years after uh, 9-11? Yeah. Basically about that 20 year mark when people kind of almost forgot about the conspiracy. We need something else. We need that next right. false flag. And, and yes. in order for this, and that's the other reason why fear. we're all housebound right now is because when we're all housebound, how can they do a false flag event? They can't, there are no rock concerts. There is no Las Vegas country, Ooh. Western music show. There is no Sports, rodeo yeah. in Texas. There's nothing. All those stadiums are empty. All the, all the university, no you know, concert because the schools are shut down. No school So, I mean, it's ingenious how, you know, in a weird way, if, if you start to really look at everything properly, it can, it's a, it's a completely ingenious series of steps and actions to keep the population safe and to move the, uh, the, you know, the agenda of overcoming the evil that's been really governing this planet for so long. It's, it's a it's huge epic you know, once in a lifetime. Yes. And very fast and very fast. And, and that's it's vast. The, and there's so, so many tentacles. It actually, when, when I think about it like that, then it makes a little bit more sense that it could be an operation because if there's 60,000 indictments or some strange mass, 149,000, 149,000. 149, and see if there's that many indictments and these are sealed indictments and those are people that are heads of corporations, famous, whatever, they're going to be all over the world. They're going to be all over the globe, yes. those people. So it's not going to be like, hey, we got to just shut down U.S. So in one sense... If this is a global operation, man, that's insane. That's crazy. No, the levels, yeah, the level of coordination and operational strategic planning and execution, th this is like the best minds in the world working together. It's, it, I believe that he is coordinating with Putin. I think he's coordinating with um, uh, Kim Jong-un, actually. I mean, I, I think there's a lot more going on here that meets the eyes. Mm. He's, he's going to take down the Fed. Like right now... Trump has executive control over the Fed <laughs> because of the all the emergency things and the basically we're in a war, right? So he's declared that we're in a in an invisible war and that gives him all these certain powers. So right now he's he's really the control of the Fed. The oil prices are crashing. We're going to see the dollar get devalued. Then he's going to just do a move and he's going to reboot the economy with a gold-backed dollar and and the Fed will be in house. We don't need a debt-based system anymore. Look, this is what we're doing. This is how it's going to be. We don't need a debt-based system. And then once you do that, he's already started things like saying things out loud, like, you know, we're going to arrest all the, the interest on student loans right now, and we're going to let them not make their payments and not accrue any interest. And then he's actually said out loud, and, and you know, maybe down the road, who knows, which is basically saying we will probably just end up forgiving all that. 
So there's, you know, the, the upside is actually more than we can imagine, which is kind of where I've seen myself get a little bit stuck. It's like, I actually can't imagine, this is just my personal example, I can't imagine a world where it's okay for me to practice the way I practice and not risk going to jail because my entire adult life has been in my background. I can't imagine a world where I never have to look behind my, like over my shoulder. I can't imagine that. I think it might be coming though, and I'm going to learn to live in that. Happily. I'm getting goosebumps. I mean, in one sense, yeah. this is this is hope. This is the actual. This hopeful. is hope. This is the hope. Yeah. Uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago, 30 years ago for sure. So before I had my daughter, who's now going to be turning 34 next month, I knew that probably the planet was going to have to do some kind of a big reset. And a lot of the metaphysical and spiritual people I hung out with at that time. We're also talking about that. So I figured, okay, if that's going to happen, I didn't have any fantasy that I'd be a leader of any kind of a revolution because I knew that wasn't what I was here for. But I said, if that's going to be happening, I need to be in training and development so that when it is happening, I can be useful in all that. And I truly believe that's what's happening now. I've been training and developing for 40 years for all of this chaos. I had no idea it would look like this, Dave. I had no idea It'd be a freaking virus shutting down the world and forcing a reset. But I also had no idea that we'd get a, a team behind Trump like we have, you know, where people were saying, OK, we're not going to let our country be destroyed and we're going to put together a plan and we're going to execute it slowly over time. And uh, I think that's what we have. So, you yeah, I think there's a lot of hope. And, and you know what's crazy is, you know, who did have the idea? Dean Koontz and sci-fi authors. Even. Yes, even of course. We wrote this, uh, I wrote this screenplay a year, a couple years ago. This is called Brazen, the Brazen Serpent. And the whole nice. opening of this, this is called the, the world is sick. The Middleton virus has taken over the world. There's signs outside that say like, don't come in contact with anybody. Don't touch anybody. Wow. Masks. And then one pharmaceutical company comes out with a cure. It's called Buchanan United. And they come out with a cure called Venoxin, which is made from the venom <laughs> of snakes. And so this whole, the nice. whole, they're the richest company in the world now because everybody in the world is taking their pharmaceutical. And so this story goes about this guy that's nice. going to take down that regime. But it, it's like the virus thing is, is what sci-fi authors kind of go to. And uh, yeah, it's not, oh, yeah. not just that, but I mean, sci-fi authors write the next false false flags thirty years ahead of time. It's been kind oh, of a cycle. 30, yeah. yeah, it's it's like yeah. even the Titanic was written. I think twenty to thirty years prior to the Titanic happening, there was a book written called The Titanic, which ex described the ex whole situation thirty years before it happened. It's yeah. There's just I. There's too many coincidences like that, that I'm just yeah. like, nothing just happens. Like, <laughs> no, it's called anthropomorphic resonance. It's 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 in the resonance of the field. Enough enough people think about it or write about it or do stuffing, and it's it's in the field. It's going to mm. precipitate into consciousness. It's going to get actualized. So, so uh, yeah. The thing that I remember you <sighs> mentioning, which I found quite fascinating, is the uh, concept of ad absurdum. Oh, yes. Yes. Reductio ad absurdum. Yes. Reductio ad absurdum. Can you talk about what that really, what, I mean, really quickly, just because it just reminds me of a little bit 
what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it is a lot like what's going on, especially if you look at it, you know, just from the outside, looking at how the Democratic Party is behaving and how some of their leaders are acting and the kinds of things they're doing. It's it's definitely absurd. So um, when you're in a logical, you're trying to solve a logical equation, you know, and, and you're you it's so logic is a lot like math. <laughs> so imagine that you're trying to solve an algebraic equation. OK, and say you reduce it down so you can work with it better and you reduce it as far down as you can. And there's nowhere to go. You can't you haven't solved it, but you can't make it go any further. Reductio ad absurdum says throw in a nonsensical anything that, that is not accurate add that to what's accurate and keep going and then you can solve it yeah it's it's so what that told me so at first it was just too disruptive it was just it was like wait i mean the whole world is based on that like holy crap throw something like i felt like the kid in the story of the emperor no clothes i really felt like but but wait there's really a problem with that but now you know all these years later what i realize is that that was life starting to show me something shocking and mm. accurate, which is that truth is infinite, depending on your perspective. Mm. Absolutely. And truth is infinite, depending on our perspective. Mm-hmm. So someone, someone could walk on a bed of coals and not have any burns on their feet, and someone else could try one foot down and sear the hell out of their foot. It's mm. all perspective. Mm. It's all perspective. And we've seen that over and over and over in life. But our cultural programming steers us away from that. Nobody wants to, like, no, we'd rather just throw in an absurd part of an equation that doesn't fit and then solve it that way. And, you know, maybe sometimes, sometimes too, if just kind of like it's like a bowling ball in like uh, all of our busy lives. Normally, we're just living, running around, just not thinking. And then a bowling ball just gets thrown in and just knocks our whole life off track, which in one sense ad absurdum could have, you could call that the coronavirus, but in a way it's not necessarily ad absurdum only to us because it was planned. Right. So it wasn't necessarily yeah, I, I would ad say absurdum, but to us it is a little bit. Here's ad absurd. Here's how that would look. Okay. Take the coronavirus and then start pumping the body with, once it has the coronavirus, start pumping the body with drugs that are poisonous and toxic. That's the ad absurdum. Mm. So the virus would just be the logical problem you're trying to solve. And you go, okay, we'll just throw in all this intense, toxic, horrible stuff for the body, but that might override the symptoms of the virus and we'll solve it from there. Kind of like chemo almost. Yes. It's like, let's, if we had like a little splinter and then we took a shotgun and we said, we're going to get that splinter out. We shot it out with the shotgun and it blows your whole arm off. And then you put a bandaid on it. Kind yeah. of feels like, like chemo. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I mean, the, you know, it's, it's really tragic, but it's true. The essence of AMA medicine is drug, cut, or burn, radiate. And any practice has to be engaged with one of those three things, if not two or three at the same time. But you cannot be a practitioner and keep your license Unless you're actually engaging in at least one of those three, at least prescribing drugs, even if you might know of a natural remedy that would work just as well, because your AMA doesn't license you to do that, you can't recommend it. Right. It's, it's kind of it's, the same as GMOs. Absurd. A little oh, exactly bit of poison is going to cure the whole world. 
was like, mm-hmm. that yeah, we're going to end starvation. Yeah, we're going to end. That's a reductio ad absurdum. Yeah. 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 So so most of our, our reductio ad absurdums that we can point to are actually dishonest and not neutral. They're, they're greed-based, they're dishonesty-based. In logical theorems, the reductio ad absurdum would actually be neutral. It just wouldn't, it wouldn't be part of the original equation that you were breaking down. You'd just be like, oh, I'm just going to go grab this over here and shove it in right here and then just keep going, you know, which is... But then if they keep talking about it over and over again, they're like, GMOs are going to save the world. GMOs are going to save the world. So the more they talk about the absurd part, the more people will people buy it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take much. Just repeating something over and over. And there's studies about this in in sociology and psychology, just repeating information over and over to people. They start to believe that it's true. It could be completely false. But if you just say it enough times, get that three page in over and over, they're going to buy it. Yeah. So, Even yeah, in and marketing, that's six, 16, 16, uh, 16 exposures to one thing actually is what it takes for people to see it for the first time right now. <laughs> so, yeah. But then their subconscious knows they've seen it 16 times once they finally recognize it. So it's kind of almost locked in that 16th time. But that's yeah. where I think – and who was the one that started all that? I think that was Hitler and his regime. The more he, he was like, if it's a lie, the more we talk about it, people will believe it. It's like a lie. Is Hitler was good at that. I mean, that's been going on for a long time. Like that was even going on in the times of Roman and Jesus mm, and all that. So point. it's been that's been a game that's been played forever. Yeah. Uh, you know, how to manipulate and control the masses has been going on for a very, very long time. Good point. Very good point. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and so. You know, when I was a younger woman and was meeting people that were into this whole new age thing and they would talk about, you know, Gaia is going through a transition. Gaia is ascending. The planet itself is alive. It's a giant organism. It's in its own you know, evolutionary trajectory, if you will. You know, I, I, I could see many things that needed to change. I only knew a tip of the iceberg at that point. But now I can look at this and go. Yeah, this this is that. This is that. Just because it didn't fit my image of what that would look like. I thought it'd be more like a, a natural disaster, like all of a sudden, you know, a comet's coming towards us and we unite as a planet or, right. uh, you know, enough enough natural disasters in a row happen and a great drought happens and there's no food and we have to come together as a humanity. I never saw, thought it would be as sneaky as something like this. But it makes perfect sense. It's totally sneaky. Slight so of hand. Could Nobody unite kn- us. I, I, I like that view. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is going to unite no, I think us. Most we, of the people that it. I hang out with look at it that way. Like, like they're, they're the kind of people that be like, yeah, this is a crisis opportunity. And so stage one of that is, okay, what's my opportunity with this? And it looks like I, I'm not going to buy into the fear. I'm going to look for how do, how do I mentally keep the right state of mind going as I take care of my well-being you know, and those are connected, of course. And then beyond that, what's my opportunity? Okay, well, I, I might be able to be of service to others in this crisis opportunity. And how, how can I do that? So I think, that I think we're going to have a, a massive point. revolution. Yeah, it's a massive revolution. Really Who, big one. Really whoever deep. bought all of the toilet paper out there should be making care packages and giving it to other people. I don't know who bought it all, but like it's gone. <laughs> but someone did. But anyways, yeah. yeah, serving other people during this time, I think, is a is a great um point to make because people are focusing on on hoarding (laughs) and staying secure and it's like well could we figure out a way to 
unite and support others. And uh, there's a lot of solidarity showing people are showing each other solidarity through this time of, uh, definitely of, of quarantine. And I think it's really cool. Some of the stuff that's, that's happening, especially we're all <laughs> the one thing it's doing, like I said before, is it's a pattern interrupt. And what the one thing that could negate any positive things going on is if we just stay stressed, if we allow the yeah. anxiety to overtake us and we don't do anything with this extra time we're given. And and that's what I think the negative side of everything wants us to be afraid, stressed, so we don't make progress during this time. However, if we can choose to eliminate that stress or, or you know, figure out however we need to eliminate it for our own bodies – during this time of quarantine, which is maybe creating things, maybe taking, starting to take a regimen of supplements, maybe starting to work out, uh, starting to read, starting to find plant a, a passion, yeah. plant a garden, yeah. do some writing, you know, draw, you know, remember what you like to do in high school and like start doing that again, go get some paint on Amazon, paint some paintings or whatever. I hope this leads to more of that solidarity, but I think the one thing that could negate it all is if people stay stressed and can't find hope. And I think that happiness, we need to find it inside. Like it's, it's gotta be found inside. I mean, look at the maliciousness yeah. promoting happiness. Look at McDonald's. I've been thinking about this. McDonald's and Coca-Cola, they are huge Worst. because they, they market happiness and there is no morals there. Like there's no more morality to giving people food that is going to kill them. That is very well known. That's going to kill them. Coca-Cola. It's like drinking that sugar water. They know it's not good for you, but they're marketing happy families and happiness. It just feels extremely malicious when I really think about oh, it. Oh, it is malicious. Oh, it's completely malicious. There's no question. It's malicious. You know, probably half of, of our companies in America are doing stuff that they know they really shouldn't be doing and, yeah. and it's malicious. But I want to go back to something you were saying, uh, which is that, you know, one of the things I used to struggle with that I just don't struggle with anymore is, um, and it happened a lot as a younger practitioner when say people would want to know what I did and how I did what I did and what kind of cases was I good at. And I would tell them all that. And they'd say things like, well, you're, you, you probably just need to go back and get some more education because I don't believe a word you just told me. Or, or they would just, they would, they would be so closed, their, their hearts and their ears would be so closed they couldn't hear anything good for them. And I learned, okay, so over time what formed out of that was I have the ability to attract people with the hearts that are open, with the ears that can listen. And that's what I would put out to the universe and still mm. do is I, I only attract people that are ready for change, whose hearts are open, whose ears can listen. Because otherwise I can't work with them. It's, it's futile. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that's a really good way to look at the whole thing as well. That there are always going to be people, Dave, that no matter what your projects are, no matter what your outreaches are, no matter what your services are, there will be people that you attract that can hear. There will be other people that just might see something bright and shiny and they're totally not ready. And in fact, it upsets them. And in fact, and in fact, so... You know, I've, I've seen enough discussions and lively debates and downright ugly displays of character yeah. just based around the question, do supplements work? As an example, like people will actually start yelling and, you know, go back to school, get more education. You're, you're obviously way effed up on that deal, young lady. Uh, 
Yeah, it's like you get like how how can I get fixed? Like someone asks you the question, how do I get fixed? Well, what they're expecting is an answer like take these pharmaceuticals. But when you say go to the ocean, <laughs> go hang out at the ocean right. for a week, that's your prescription. Or oh, take some. We're gonna Ashwagandha, start there. Yeah, <laughs> that's your prescription. They're like, yeah. wait, I want a yeah. real prescription. And you're like, that is a right, real right. prescription. That's not real. <laughs> like that is what's gonna heal you. But the you. cool thing. Yeah. So the cool thing is there's enough people out there that are ready. Yes. There's enough people out there whose hearts are open and who can listen. When I first got into all this and I was developing myself more metaphysically and spiritually, I used to hear the statement about, you know, come the giant transformational times, it's going to be a third, a third, a third, a third can't take it and just won't make it. A third make it, but don't get it. (laughs) A third get it and made it and got it and are celebrating and yes. running with it. So there's, there's probably always going to be some slack in, in humanity and that's okay. Not everyone's here to be a trail setter and a blazer and run ahead of the pack and say, Hey, this way really works guys come with me. Uh, but I think if we stay that just kind of relaxed about it, like we're doing the best we can with the yeah. conversations we're having and we're being of service in those conversations and the right ones will, and the other ones just won't. But, um, there's a lot of people ready. For, for some Ready, change. big time. I feel like the big upshot, you know, as it relates to you, the big upshot is going to be people are going to be very much more interested in supplementing. And, yeah. you know, there there is a lot more opened up now, even in, in regards to, and I think you know this, so the AMA has its prestigious medical journals, but clinical nutrition has its prestigious medical journals too. Most of my friends are publishing into those because this over here is basically a lot of bullshit. Uh, what are some but what of those we, good ones? Oh, they're really good. Like like the Journal of Clinical Nutrition. It's fantastic. If you go to any of the clinical nutrition publications, they're awesome. Got it. Because okay, it's cool. all hard evidence-based science. It's, we tested the patient beforehand. This is his stats. We put him on these supplements. We retested. These were the stats. It's all very hard science, but it's just a distinct field, completely distinct. Yeah. And what we know for a fact um, is that two Wuhan universities have started a field trial. They started it actually 45 days ago where they're using intravenous vitamin C as well as Chinese herbal medicine as well as pharmaceuticals for their coronavirus patients and getting great results. Mm. Great results. Wow. So so that's the kind of thing – Now, now just so you know – that shit's been happening in clinical nutrition and the homeopathic field forever. So, so you can go to published articles in homeopathy and see that homeopathic remedies, which are cheap and just vibrational energy, mm-hmm. have altered the course of meningitis attacks that were going through a whole population in Brazil, in two different parts of Brazil, and they use these homeopathic remedies, and it was like 90% efficacy. We don't have pharmaceuticals that work like that. Yeah. <laughs> so. So it's just, you know, it's a giant game to keep the competition away. So don't be shocked if part of how Trump's playing this out is gathering evidence and looking at, you know, he wants big pharma changed. He wants it changed. He and Melania feel like these vaccinations are horrible. He's not against vaccination. He's against how many they give little babies at once. He thinks they cause autism. He thinks the flu shot is the biggest scam ever on the population. So he has some very strong belief systems. So I wouldn't be surprised if all of this going on is also looking at, 
you know, cost of what this, you know, and, and then we want to see what Wuhan really did and how exactly did they do that? And why aren't we using Trump is just the kind of guy that would say, well, wait, why aren't we using intravenous vitamin C in all our hospitals? Like, what the hell's wrong with us? Like, why aren't we? Right. Oh, don't give me. Oh, don't give me oh, that. Because you can't on the phone. It? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Get that guy on the phone right now. Let me let me talk to him. So yeah. so all kinds of fabulous things will come out of this. And it's it's always to me, crisis will always be a spiritual test. Mm. Am I going to go for the high road? Am I going to know that I'm already safe and that I'm already connected? Or am I going to go into the high cortisol, freaky, fear based stuff, in which case, basically, I'm fodder for bullshit, if not, you know, demise, my own demise and maybe even damage others in the process. So um, I think those of us that can see it from that perspective are going to do really well Definitely. because we're like, we were like planning for this. We've been, I've been kind of waiting for it, actually. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's been an air, something going on that something has to change. Yeah. Uh, and for the last, I mean, while, like quite a few years um, with before the election with with Hillary and Trump when they were running, it's like, you know, there has to be something when the good guys win at some point <laughs> it's like the, the there's there is so much maliciousness going on in the guise of this is what's going to make you happy cheeseburgers <laughs> happy meals yeah. <laughs> i mean come on are you kidding me coca-cola is going to make your yeah. family happy and obese but they don't say that well, part no they don't because they i'm not even sure they consider that they're part of the problem Mm, you know, they've maybe convinced I mean, themselves I, that they're no. Part I think of the they problem. they've convinced themselves, right. and I think that people d- deserve a treat once in a while. And my gosh, think of all these people that don't have more than two dollars to spend on lunch. We're helping them. So I, I I have through all the brain training I've done, I've been able to slip into all these different perspectives about stuff and see that wow, okay, so yeah, all right. <laughs> But I, I think that when food has been weaponized against a population, when their air has been weaponized, when their water has been ep- weaponized, nothing but a clean sweep all the way through is going to suffice. So I, mm. I see why it's taking so long. Yeah. Why even this summer we may not know anything yet. But I, I do feel confident that over the next couple of years we're going to see a lot be revealed. And um, we're just going to see a revolution in food production, a revolution in food preparation. And we're going to see a revolution probably in how uh, doctors and nurses do their healing work. Wow. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I hope that's the the thing. And you know what? When I say I hope that's the thing, I think it's up to us to really bring that in this new kind of uh, whatever is new about we our world, like I said, has already changed. We just don't know how yet. It's changed in a big way. It's literally that first tectonic shift before a tsunami. It's like this would just happen. And then there's that yep. big bubble in the ocean right now. Just the bubble goes like this. Well, now that bubble's starting to go and the bubble's getting bigger because it's going to create a tidal wave of something because there's so many people that are being affected right now, especially on a financial level. And so I, I, I think there's a few pe- things people can do. I think people can first off, try to find some stress relieving things that can first off, lower their stress, maybe breathing, meditating, um, also, take, ashwagandha is a good thing to lower your cortisol. Definitely. And then, and then create. Start asking yourself the questions that make you really happy. Like there are things inside that make you happy, but happiness comes from within, 
not from anything outside. We have to choose the happiness and we got to choose the love and we got to choose the service right now. And the more we can choose those things, it will put us in a mindset of wanting to stay healthy during this time. Because I think sometimes this might even be a problem right now with all the stress, comfort food and alcohol and other things might be really kind of affecting people right now because they don't know what else to do. They're home and they're just like, they don't really want to sit quietly with themselves. And I think that meditation is a very difficult thing. You know, it was difficult for me to start doing. That's why I started walking and doing active meditation. However, I have a lot more to learn on silencing my mind, but I think this is the beginning of us learning how to slow down in order to truly find it and be happy. Yeah, I, I think that's really well said, Dave, and I agree. And I think for most people, I think actually most people are like you, that meditation would be very difficult if all they had to do was sit there, you know, with their back really straight and try to stop their mind. It's like, okay, well, shoot me now. Um, but I think active meditation and certainly breathing meditations, I don't think people have the tools or even the muscles, if you will, to meditate. Most people are just way too, they're way too ratcheted up. They have way too much stress hormone um, and they're very stuck in their patterns. So I agree yeah. with everything you'd say. I, I hear myself telling clients when I discover they've been watching the news. Okay, no, you, if you want me as your coach, you're going to stop that. You're going to stop watching the news. Yeah. If you feel you need to do, do something, go, go, you know, look at it on the internet for one minute and then go away. Because that's when you could be breathing. That's when you could be walking. Yeah. So, so I, I think that our culture programmed us to not have to work hard to get stuff. And this is something that we actually, like that the joke is on us. Oh, no, you actually have to work hard to stop the mind. You have to work hard mm. to slow down the mind. It takes effort. It's a real endeavor. The priceless joy of having a quiet mind and a serene, neutral mind is incomparable to anything else I've ever experienced. The work is really work and people just don't want to invest that in themselves. Yeah. But I think I think this is part of what people are waking up to is staying in those old patterns isn't going to work. When I watch the news, I have to have a second cocktail. When I watch the news and have two cocktails, then I don't sleep well that night, then I don't want to get up and I don't want to go for my walk, so then I eat the donuts. And it just it's a vicious cycle. Well, so, two people um, I, and what what's been happening is we've defined our value on our productivity. And, and when we've defined our entire life value based on how productive we are, that's why we can't even grasp sitting there <laughs> and like allowing yeah. our brain to, to silence because we feel like we're not being productive because that's been trained so long. However, I probably that's probably the most productive. I hope people get a little bit more sleep now if they're staying home. You know, they can catch up on their sleep and, and start re renewing their mind with some new books and things because – yeah, uh, we, we, we may not even know how to relax. Most people don't. I, I find that to be true. They really don't. And they mistake. Well, this is a great example. They mistake sitting on the couch with their wife, maybe having a snack and watching a TV program. They actually call that quality time together. Right. They didn't talk at all. <laughs> other, other than would you please pass the tips? They're, no, that's not quality. That's, there's nothing intimate about that. There's no authenticity. They're both just being, you know, programmed basically. Right. So, so I think a lot of this, I, I, you know, everyone's going to have to choose. Ultimately, we all have to choose, right? We're either going to choose to keep doing the same thing over and over and not make any changes 
or we're going to choose to take steps that may advance us, you know, deeper and more into our core values, the most important things. Yeah. I always like to look at on my deathbed, on my deathbed, I, and I know it's my deathbed, so I'm consciously kind of reviewing my life now, you know, am I going to be satisfied that I experienced enough, that I was enough? I'm never going to question, did I do enough? My question is going to be, was I being enough? Did I have enough different experiences in my beingness to satisfy this life? For me, doing is going to be automatic. That's automatic because I, I have mm. my passion, which is my calling, which is my avocation, which is being a healer. So I'm never, I never have to worry about doing. That's always going to be enough. My yeah. being, which is when I'm not doing or when I'm doing and my being while doing. Right. And that's when it gets really juicy and that takes a lot of work training the mind and training the brain, but we can get to a state which I now enjoy where we're being while we're working. That's a really good point. Uh, that's an excellent point. Um because I was listening to Elon Musk and then that futurist guy who did the X Prize, I forget his name, but both of them were saying similar things about So this is a little taste of people losing jobs right now. And I think it's a tidal wave coming. However, in the next 10 to 20 years, a lot of jobs are going to be lost because of AI. Like mo yes. moving forward into the future, this is what Elon Musk and what uh, this other futurist was saying is for the real question is going to be how are people going to define themselves? Because right now we define ourselves by what we do, not who we are. And if we can't start defining ourselves now about on who we are, not what we do, like, who are you? I'm a lawyer. Who are you? I'm a truck driver. Who are you? I'm a, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a whatever you do. If that's continually going to be our definition of ourselves, we have a long way to grow. We have to learn how to be because when AI takes over all of our jobs and, and our work is literally no longer needed or necessary or wanted, we're going to have to figure out what we are, who we are and how to be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So this is no, just the no taste. Question. This is the taste. There's going to be a lot more people out of work in the next 20 years uh, than in just in the next year. There's going to be a big wave right now, but it's leading to something the future is not stopping, not slowing down. No. Like it's exponential curves. And so we are going to have to f maybe find a new renaissance era. If the AI can take care of all the minutia and we don't have to do minutia anymore. Whoa. I mean, yeah. wow. We could do yeah. anything we want and <laughs> create. Ex exactly. And I think that's, that's one of the most exciting promises and it, it also, to me, is kind of an area of sadness when I look out at most people and I realize they don't love what they're here for. Mm. They're not, they're, they don't have a calling. They don't have something they're so passionate about. They'll get up morning, noon, night, three o'clock in the morning, whatever, to show up and be that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think that possibly one of the great things that will come from this level of tsunami and the repercussions and the aftershocks will be that people get a lot more in touch with their core values, like what really matters. Yeah. And, and, and when that happens, to have the backdrop of things changing, like, and we've actually changed the Fed, and it's no longer a debt-based society, so now when you have money, it's actually really money. Mm. And when you get paid at work, it's not a debt structure, it's actually currency that you can have your own assets with. 
you know, and all that. So it's, um, it's, I think it's, it's really exciting. I think for those of us that, that really understand that life is all about transformation, mm-hmm. it's what I've learned, you know, now that I'm in my sixties is there is no coasting. And if I have a day where I say to myself, gosh, Jess, you're in a really good place. Your mind has been really quiet for weeks in a row and life is lovely. I also say, and and you know that that's going to change, right? I'm like, yes, I just want to be grateful for this moment where it hasn't changed yet, but it is going to change. Yeah. So becoming becoming super adaptable, and I think that's that's really the key. I and I don't think the, we can become adaptable if we don't learn to train our minds and quiet them down a bit. Yeah. And the goal, I think, for a lot of people would, hey, what maybe their goal while they were so busy in their normal lives was, I, I can't wait till I can just not do anything. I can't wait till I can just coast for a little while. And I think if that's our goal, when we get there, yeah, it only lasts for a day or two. And then we're like, we're bored. <laughs> we can't coast. Yeah. Like we're not supposed oh, I to get coast. It. And we, yeah. we think sometimes maybe we, that's the goal. And I think the only reason that becomes our goal is because we place ourselves in a position to do a whole bunch of things every single day that we don't like. And then, right. so then we, the only respite from doing things we don't like is just to Stopping. coast. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but that's not that. the goal of life. Right. If we're, we're so, we're, we're, we're so caught up in these little hamster wheels that we're running. We forget that we can do anything. Right. <laughs> like, we can, right. like if that idea is in your head and it's a little seed of a cool idea. And that's the thing. It's different for everybody. Everybody's seed of happiness, of passion it doesn't have, it's, it's not going to look the same. So we need no. to find, I, I think also we're going to find that there's a lot of codependency that, that the, we're going to have to learn how to break. I've been learning that about me personally. Yes. I think there's a lot of people that are codependent on their jobs or their employers or whatever they're doing. Their patterns. Yeah. They can't, <laughs> or, or even their, their, their friends and other people around them. Like they can't actually move on one of their ideas unless all their friends say it's a good idea too. It's like, we, yeah, there's a lot of codependency that I think hopefully this whole changing of everything uh, will help to break a little bit. And I think people need to become aware of it before they can break it and change. And so hopefully we are the change, like Gandhi said, <laughs> be the yeah, change, we are the change. That, yeah. that, that you want to see in the world. So what do we want this world to be is the real question we got to start asking. And then when we start getting those answers for us, we need to go do those things. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I truly can look back at my history and see that I woke up. I found something that truly mattered. It it transformed my well-being, which was going down the tube super fast and was really scary. And as my body healed more and more and recovered more and more, I, I saw, well, if this happened to me, it's happening to hundreds, if not thousands of other people in my age group, probably, and older. So this is a, a service that the world really needs. Now, I thought that within 10 or 20 years of becoming a naturopath, it would be like mainstreamed. It would be just like all infiltrated and everybody. Yeah. I really thought we'd be way further ahead than we are right now. But but I learned something shocking about halfway through my career, which was something called the reward punishment style of living. And I realized that most of us actually put up with stuff that we don't like, don't tolerate, doesn't make us happy. And then because we've been doing that, and that's the punishment side of the equation, then we feel like because I got through that, I survived that, I did that, I I overcame that or whatever, now I need my reward. 
And many people have that broken down into every single day is a punishment that I need my reward for. Mm. So I realize I I really can't. Yeah. And I realize I cannot live like that. Like that will just, I've gained my health, but if I live like that, it's going to destroy my health because the bodies aren't here for reward punishment. The bodies are here to connect and celebrate that we're alive. So I have been training myself for a good, you know, 25, 30 years in living outside of that paradigm, which is more like life is, simply put, life is, and I'm showing up and I'm unfolding life. And I live from my core values and I hang out with people who live from their core values and my friends live from their core values. And I don't really put up with anything I don't like, but I've also learned to like things over time that maybe I didn't like as a 25-year-old. I didn't love breath work when I first started it, Dave. I love it now. I didn't love... Uh, giving birth to my daughter, but I love my daughter. <laughs> right, absolutely. Yeah, so, so our culture, I think somewhere around the early 1900s, advertising really went into a higher gear and they started, adver- they had to advertise sugar. I don't know if you knew this, but people weren't buying sugar. Hmm. It was expensive. There were no other white foods besides milk. So it was kind of like weird. And the sugars they were used to were like molasses, maple syrup, of course, honey, you know, in Mexico, probably some agave sir. So they weren't used to this crystalline white powdery stuff. That was just like a little too weird for them. Mm. So they had to start advertising in the early 1900s about gives you energy and you'll feel great and pictures of women kicking up their heels and all kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> they, had to, they had to teach people that you needed to reward yourself. They had to teach people that if you're stressed, you need a nice reward yourself with a cigarette break. You need to reward yourself. Yes, you've worked hard, now reward yourself. So this this whole notion, I think, has kind of destroyed a good chunk of our society because life isn't that at all. Wow. You know, life is basically a gift. Wow. And anytime something's occurring as a punishment, it's because we are resisting it actively and not finding the opportunity in it. We're living in punishment if we choose to. I mean, Correct. We, yeah. Correct. Just, but that's, yeah. A, that's a choice that we... It's a mindset. It's a mind. Yes. And, and, and actually the, the five areas of holistic health that I'm, I'm kind of focusing on for this show is m- mental health and physical health are the top two. But I think even mental health is, is probably the first one because without mental health, you're not going to want to be physically healthy. I mean, I guess both of those can be, you can maybe start getting physically healthy and then want to become mentally healthy, or you can get mentally healthy and then want to become physically. But I think those two are so important. I did the first. Yeah, I did the first. I became physically healthy and then literally was driving in the car one day and realized, oh, no, I mean, all of this is like so deranged and messed up. If I don't fix this, I'm going to destroy my health. And I just got really healthy. I just got Uh pronounced well. So for me, it came with the body first. But they're so intertwined that we know now that thoughts will manifest into the body and create distortion of organs and glands. Yes. We, We know that. Now, the cutting edge of consciousness and studies of consciousness say we are not our thoughts, but try convincing someone who thinks they're their thoughts that they're not their thoughts. So there's so much more to this than meets the eye. So I I like that you're putting those two up front. I think those are those those are the key things. Just as a very simple example, if someone isn't mentally well enough to have discipline, are they going to be able to change their diet? If they're not mentally well enough to hold to a schedule, can supplements at the right time? You know, can they take something at bedtime for a week (laughs) and then they'll get caught up in their life and find their old habitual routines again. 
It's and then like, all of a sudden taking the supplements becomes the punishment. And like, yeah. I don't even like taking pills. What am I doing with all these pills? Right. I mean, it's just so interesting to me. So um, I, I've never been able to work with anybody over any amount of time where we didn't get into their head and we didn't get into their mindset. And I didn't lovingly reflect to them. Let's just stop here. And do you actually know what you just said? Right. <laughs> Did you realize that you just said that? Okay, so when you're coming from that perspective, you're never going to get well. And I tell them the truth. Like, you're never going to get well with that perspective. I can help you look at some options for different perspectives, but this one, this one's going to do you in for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, the third yeah. one is, is spiritual health, which I think all three of those, mental, physical, spiritual, are, are, are all intertwined. I mean, you could start with any one of those to lead to the other three. Um, the, the, Agreed. the fourth one I'm saying is re relational health, which I think is going to become yep. a big, important piece, especially now with social distancing. Hopefully we're not yep. mental distancing, too. Right. And right. Uh, and then the, the, the last one is financial health, which yep. also is going to and, and those are just five. I, I'm sure there's a whole bunch more, too. But as far as holistic health right now for the whole family, if we have all five of those somehow in in order, uh, we could be out of whack. But um. But I think there's 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 things we could focus on. I just try try to make things simple for people to kind of grasp what holistic health is. Because what what would for for you what what is holistic health when you hear that term? Holistic health is is the freedom of the mind and the body and the spirit. Mm. It's the health is freedom. Health is so there's freedom. an old saying, and it might be like one of those old Zen masters, <laughs> like Lao Tse Tung or somebody. But they said. When the mind is happy, the body's relaxed, and the spirit is free. I got goosebumps. That's good. Wow. Yeah. So that's kind of my motto. Uh, my second motto is grace under pressure. Like no matter how pressured things get for me, I'm determined to find the grace and, and operate from grace. Don't always succeed at that, but mostly. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I think that um, – Part of what may happen for a lot of people in this time, because they are at home more and they are having more downtime, is, is they may start to sort themselves out better yeah. and start to see things. Like, like you know, one, one thing I learned also through some transformational work I did is that people may seem like they don't know they're full of you-know-what with their patterns, but they actually really do know. Mm. Like, if you, if you actually talk to an alcoholic about their patterns, they'll be like, totally know about this. Yep, yep, man, yep. Uh, so I think that that... You know, when we talk about holistic health, one of the things that has to happen is people have to identify the patterns that aren't working about their their actual how that like I call it actualization. How are you actualizing your life? What are you doing? What are your patterns? You know, what derails you? What's the pattern with how that derails you? Once you've been derailed, what's your pattern? You know, how do you get back on the horse? Mm -hmm. You know, so it's it's a lot about sort of how do you how do you live life and to be honest, my job has gotten harder and harder and harder over the decades because things have become way more toxic and way more um, stressful. You know, before 9-11, I was working with a company that did actual adrenal stress testing. We were, we were doing a saliva test. You would get a report back to your door. You would, you would do your saliva test at home, put it in the FedEx. And we'd process it. Back on your doorstep, you'd get either an adrenal product because you flunked the test and you had really stressed adrenals or a second adrenal product because you really flunked the test and have super stressed adrenals, or just a report that said, here's your scores, you're doing great. Before 9-11, about 60% of our population flunked the test. After 9-11, 100% started flunking. Nobody had good adrenal function, nobody. 
So as you pointed out at the beginning of the discussion, it's been 19 years since 9-11. For 19 years, all adults' adrenals have been tanked. Mm. All stress hormone has been through the roof. Wow. We don't really have we don't really have much of a precedent for that in humanity. Have there been pockets of humanity that were really suppressed and oppressed for 19 years? Yes, and that's why I said you know this has been going on for a long time. Back to the Romans, back to Jesus, even before that. You know, we have to learn for ourselves. You know, how am I? How am I doing? Who am I? Because I'm not my patterns, I'm not my thoughts, I'm not mm. my job description. What are the qualities that make me me? So one of the best processes I think people can do is actually spend some time with that question. What are the major qualities that make Jesse Jesse? Mm. What, are the, what are the qualities or identifying characteristics that make Dave Dave? Mm-hmm. And once you have a sense of yourself, and, and again, this is almost taboo in our culture, like, how dare you get to know yourself that intimately, right? <laughs> but but once once you know kind of your core ingredients, you know, because like for for example, for me, I have an inquisitiveness. I have a natural curiosity and I love knowing how things work. Definitely. And I also have that that part that likes to dig deep into research and have aha moments and see the logic and kind of take that linear thing over time. But there's parts of other people that aren't me. And I think when people start to see, oh, this is, I don't know what to do with this information yet, but this is truly who I am. Mm-hmm. Then, once you know who you really are, you can start to be more conscious of that in all your engagements. So when you talk about those five qualities, everything from financial health, relational health, spiritual health, physical health, mental health, you bring that way of being and you start to live from there. Then when things get weird and edgy, you actually have a place to fall back on. Mm. Okay, but I, I know one of the things that makes Jesse Jesse is her perseverance. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a time for perseverance. Definitely. Or I know one of one of my core ways of being is that natural curiosity. So let me relax, let me do some breathing exercise, and let me get to that part of me that's naturally curious about a problem as opposed to I'm trying to solve that problem. Yeah. You know, so you can you can do the simple investigations to you know, who you really are, your core ways of being in life, because those are your safeties no matter what's happening. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Core, core ways of being or your core identities are really powerful tools. And again, I just feel like most people don't have tools. They, they have a lot of incoming and a lot of input, but not actual tools. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. And you know, what's Great. Thank you so much for doing this and talking to me You're today. You're welcome. This Such is a funny. Pleasure. I, I, I thought we were more going to talk about, you know, uh, medical health and stuff. It's, it's interesting that where, where this conversation went, because I think the cool part about it is it's all related. It, it really is it all is. connected. And when we really start talking about what's really going on, the conversation shifts from taking taking medication or whatever to, to a full holistic health and to, to whole health. Yeah. The whole uh, experience of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's actually what works. (laughs) And the people try the, uh, the, the maliciousness behind the other side of things, the light and the dark and the fight that we're going through that is trying to keep us stressed. It's like, that's the goal of maliciousness is to keep us all stressed. So we can't, operate at our peak efficiency right you can't thrive if you're stressed figure out who we are we don't even even ask those questions (laughs) right right 
Yeah, nobody has the leisure to ask those questions anymore. I think 9-11 proved that. You never know when the, you know what's going to hit the fan. But I, I think that when we talk about holistic health, it really is, it, it is that simple. It has to come down to how are we being, how much do we know ourselves, and, and there's plenty of room to talk about knowing our weaknesses, too, and that's very valuable. I always say strengthen, you know, play to your strengths and strengthen your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And eventually some of those weaknesses will become strengths down the road if we live long enough. But I think everything from, you know, deciding what diet is right for ourselves to what supplements should I buy and do I trust this company or this vendor and what am I doing with my time, all of that does come down to this holistic approach. And that's where America got really sold a bill of goods, that, mm. that we, we lost our holistic lifestyle, the industrialization, war after war, daylight, say, all these different things, a debt-based society. It's really robbed us yeah. of that quality. And I, I look forward to doing some other videos with you where we talk hardcore about physical health and what we can do, because I, I know Let's so much. Let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, let's, and obviously, let's, I love yeah. to share. I, lo- I love this initial... Uh, I, I love introducing everybody to you and I'm so I'm building the network to release this show on and I'll be doing the editing on this show but I want to do a, as minimal editing as I can my first episode was with my mom and there was a lot of editing to do on that, <laughs> that one. but it's okay it was, it was a great it was a great episode but yeah I'm really excited to start getting uh, expert and doctor opinions and so I, I'm and you are all three because I say I'm talking to doctors experts and moms Yes. On this show. And so that's you, all three of those. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. I, that was my big health accomplishment goal. I, I had been told that I would never have children in my early 20s. So to overcome that using clinical wow. nutrition and learning how to relax and learning how to be, you know, free of toxins and heavy metals and parasites and all that stuff. My goal was I wanted to be a mom someday. And I was right. I, I really wanted to be a mom and I still am the mom. And it's it's a gift that never stops giving. But it's also a big part of my motivation is I, I want to be that person that my kids can look to and say, OK, well, if she can do it, I can do it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I want to dig Very in good. more to the physical health side, too, so people can actually have some tools so they don't have to be scared on how they can right. actually. Um, and, and also, maybe we can do an episode on breath work. I would I, love that, Dave. I think that's a that's one of your expertises and I think that's Definitely. a really huge thing for people to it really is. experience because I think there's a lot of people that know about it but there's a lot of people that don't correct and everyone needs it and everybody needs it and everyone needs it so yes yeah, so um, I promise I'll show up on the right time Sweet. at the right place so we'll book it and we'll go awesome thank you Jesse I'm okay. so excited yeah, you're for welcome. this one yeah, I'll let too. you know when, it, so when much. it's done you're welcome I'll talk to you soon okay bye-bye. bye 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 Thank you for joining us for the Healthy and Family Show. Visit our website at healthyandfamily.com. That's healthyandfamily.com to see what all the other doctors, experts, and real moms have to say about keeping your whole family healthy. This episode has been brought to you by CompleteNutra.com, Whole Family Nutrition, and aired on the Goldstone Network. People, planet, future.